Hello, hello. This is Laura. And today I'm sharing with you the audio from Rising, the birth chart journaling masterclass. It's a practice for dropping right into your birth chart to start getting powerful insight from any level of astrological knowledge you're starting with. So today's episode is audio from the masterclass. And I do want to give you a heads up that there's a visual component of this presentation, which means two things. One, that there are some pauses where I'm looking for something that I'm showing. And two, that we are, in fact, sometimes looking at something on a screen, um, which might get a bit confusing just listening to the audio. This episode is great for understanding if you want to get into my chart journaling method. And if you decide that you do, you're going to want to go to my website, click the free masterclass purple button in the top right corner, and that's going to take you to the video and the free download that goes with the masterclass. So that's going to be a good way to just go ahead and start practicing it if you like this episode and you want to try it out. Once you get into the replay, the Crowdcast replay, the downloadable PDF will be in a green button at the bottom of the screen. Just click that, you'll get your PDF, and you can get rolling. Anyway, I'm really excited to share this with you, so let's go ahead and get into it. This is True Self, a podcast about finding out who we really are using the language of astrology. I'm Laura Sweat, and this is the Birth Chart Journaling Masterclass. Hello, everyone. I'm really excited to get into this. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to share my screen. Real quick. Okay. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and my background. And while I do that, I want to let you know that this chart journaling practice uses your favorite astrology app as kind of the baseline support for your journaling. I love time passages too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it it uses your favorite astrology app to to help you as you're journaling. And my favorite astrology app is time passages. And I know it works particularly well for this practice. So if you don't have a favorite astrology app right now, or um, you're not sure if your favorite would work for this practice, you can go ahead and download time passages and set it up while I'm telling you a little bit about myself. Um, And then you can practice with us later in the workshop. Okay, so my name is Laura. I'm an astrologer. I also host True Self, which is a podcast about using the language of astrology to figure out who we really are. Uh, My background is that I've been a consulting astrologer since 2017, started studying astrology in 2013, and for many years, I was doing that on the side of being like a very uh, workaholic nonprofit executive. Um, I was probably as bad at taking care of myself as any person you've ever met. And I really, really was very hard on myself, saw myself as like a collection of problems to be fixed. 
Um, what helped to move me out of that, I had a lot of support in getting out of that part of my life, but the practice that helped me to start coming into really vibrant love and joy of being exactly who I am was studying my birth chart. The language and metaphors of astrology taught me to see and respect my own divinity, what I have to offer uniquely in the world, and how that's connected to absolutely everyone and everything else. And now I use astrology to teach people how to see their own divinity and use that wisdom to build radical self-love and lives full of meaning and joy. So there's lots and lots of different astrologies and astrologers out there. Astrology is this huge, huge, various, varying practice with, with lots and lots of different takes. And you can get into all kinds of corners of it and find all kinds of cool stuff within it, different types of practices and tons of, of really, really good stuff. What makes my work unique is that I'm very interested in turning over the reins of interpreting what something means to your highest wisdom. Uh, I know from my experience that we often get to the deepest, most powerful insight about ourselves through being asked questions rather than being told things, right? And that presents an interesting problem for an astrologer whose whole job is to translate a lot of information and tell you what it says. So because I'm so passionate about the power of the language of astrology to help us understand ourselves and our lives, and also really believe in the power of uh, being asked questions to help you access your own deepest truths and find your best paths, I marry those two things in my offerings. So it's always framework of astrology and working with your insight your knowledge, asking you questions to kind of bring that together. So uh, my paid offering is called a story session. Uh, that's where I take people through the narrative that is unfolding in their lives. And we're using a question-based process to kind of connect the astrology with what's happening at this moment in your life. Um, and now I'm offering this chart journaling method as a free resource for diving into your chart and accessing your own wisdom about who you are at the deepest level. So, okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Elle says that she really struggles with people interpreting her natal Mercury retrograde through Taurus as meaning that she's slow. Totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that actually, I feel like, brings us easily to my next point, which is why would we do chart journaling instead of just reading descriptions in apps? And actually, I'm seeing that my next point was actually that astrology is a language, but we'll skip past that for right now. So yeah, so the really gorgeous thing about astrology is that it gives you this beautiful self-acceptance. Um, you know, you might have spent your life being like, oh, I'm so uh, perfectionist and I'm so anxious and I just have to stop being that way. I'm too perfectionist, too anxious. And then you see your chart and you see that you have a Virgo moon and you're like, oh, like, 
oh, it's okay to be who I am. Like I'm perfectionist and anxious. And there's a reason that I'm perfectionist and anxious. It kind of can take the, um, the judgment out of some of the traits and qualities that you're working with in your life. Um, but the danger of that is thinking that you're locked into just that one expression of that part of your chart for your whole life. Like you're going to have to be a perfectionist or anxious person, or even necessarily that that Virgo moon um, expresses in the same way for every single person who has it, right? Um, there's lots and lots of different ways you can experience that energetic signature. And there are ways to be really, um, to really enjoy that part of yourself. And there are ways that it might bring you suffering. And so this practice of journaling and asking these specific questions about placements is really about coming into more joy with each part of who you are, who you are releasing suffering around that. And meanwhile, like learning the astrology of your chart while you're at it, because you're connecting with the different pieces. Okay, so now I have to find my presentation window. Here it is. So something really great to understand up front is that astrology is a language for interpreting the movements of celestial bodies. And I have underlined astrology is a language because it's really helpful when we're learning it to understand that we're going to learn it like we learn a language. In other, in other words, you need to develop neural pathways to really fluidly put together meanings when you mix up these symbols that are in your birth chart. Um, just like if you were taking a French 101 class, you wouldn't expect to leave that class uh, writing French poetry. The same thing applies when you're getting into studying your birth chart. It's going to take time for everything to start to click and connect. And it also takes sort of regularly interacting with this symbolic language to, to develop that facility. So the method we're talking about today, this chart journaling method, it is like an immersion method. You're just jumping right in. You're going to go ahead and take a look at these pieces. Um, and if you're able to put together your own meaning from them immediately, that's super cool. More likely, it's going to take you a little longer to start to put together that meaning. And that is also super cool because it's it's just like diving into, diving into the language, experiencing um doing it regularly. So I did address this a little bit earlier. <laughs> um, let me see if I missed any of the points I meant to make. Yeah, I think just the, the remaining thing I'd like to say about this is that I, since astrology is a language, when astrologers are giving you a description of a placement, what they're doing is they're giving you their interpretation. They've put together the meaning of the planet in the sign in the house, potentially interacting with other planets. And they've said, this is what that means. And that's why you can get very similar, but very different descriptions of placements is because each astrologer is bringing their own interpretation, their own concepts, their own life experience to the way that they interpret placements. 
And when you start to develop the facility to understand your own chart, then your interpretation starts coming to the fore. And that actually is going to be the most valuable interpretation of your chart is what you come to, what you see of yourself in the way that the symbols interact. I have so many windows open here. Okay, so. All right. We're gonna talk about what a birth chart is made up of quickly before we get into the practice. So your birth chart is a map of the sky at the moment you were born that tells us the energetic signature of your soul in this lifetime. There are things that you can look at that tell you about sort of your, your big self, like you over many lifetimes. Your chart is going to tell you about you in this lifetime, and then it's going to have some like references to past lifetimes within it. But it's really about how your soul is expressing in at this moment in time, um, you here on earth with us now. Um, yes, I am going to move on to that. So in going through and examining the parts of your chart, I'll come back to this when we get to the actual practice. The number one thing to remember is that no part of your chart is good or bad. We're going to take for granted that your soul is like thumbs up. It's it's where it needs to be. But there are parts of being you that might be more challenging and that you might experience experience more suffering from. There are parts of being you that might be really easy and fun and you don't experience a whole lot of suffering from them. But um, overall, the way that we are regarding your birth chart is that it is an expression of your divinity. It's perfect in its energetic signature, and you can experience it in a lot of different ways. So again, this practice is really about coming into experiencing it with more joy and less suffering. It's not about saying these parts of me are good and these parts of me are bad. Okay. So your chart is made up of planets, signs, and houses. There are other points in your chart. There's the nodes and there's the part of fortune and all that kind of stuff. But today we're talking about planets, signs, and houses. You can think of the planets as parts of self. You can also think of them as experiences. But for today, I would say let's focus on them as parts of self. The signs are characterizing traits. They're ways that the planets express, the styles that the planets express themselves in. And the houses are parts of life. So briefly, if you were looking at just the 
circle map of of a birth chart, it would be a map of the sky at the time you were born. And if you were standing outside, well, if someone was standing outside at the moment you were born, the sky would be kind of like this, right? It would be kind of a dome over the person. There would be a part of the sky rising in the east. There would be a part of the sky setting in the west. There would be constellations overhead. And that's what it would look like. But in reality, the whole of the sky looks more like this, where there's a part of the sky that's under the horizon and there's a part of the sky that's over the horizon. And that whole circle ends up being your birth chart. Like that. So over here is the horizon where the sign is rising in the the east. Over here is the other side of the horizon where things are setting in the west. And that's what makes up your birth chart. The houses below the horizon um, are like first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, roughly above the horizon, 12th through seventh, roughly. Um, there's no reason you need to like memorize this at all um, or even work with the circle chart to start with if this isn't uh, what you what you like to work with. But um, it is how it works and it's also how the houses get set up in your chart so your ascendant in whole sign houses defines your first house uh the next sign after that will define your second house next sign after that your third house so on and so forth fourth that's how your chart gets set up and uh there i've superimposed the little image <laughs> okay so Let's get into the chart journaling practice. Let me see if anybody has any questions real quick before we do that. Any questions, guys? Okay. Let me pull up the PDF here. Of my technology um, stuff is really coming up here. Okay. Sharing a different part of the screen. Okay. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take you through the practice and how it works. Um, first, and then we can do a little demo and you can ask questions. Actually, actually, maybe let's just demo it as I'm going through and explaining. I'm not sure if people will have questions or not, but we can, we can try it out. Okay. We do have a questions here. So are the planets in your houses on the bottom of the circle literally below the horizon at the time of your birth? Yes, they are. So the planets 
at the bottom of the the bottom half of the circle were not visible in the sky at the time you were born whereas the planets in the top top half of the circle were visible in the sky at the time you were born and that does have some interpretive meaning we're not going to go that deep today however oh great thank you okay we have another question <laughs> Um, right now, okay. Can you repeat what planets, signs, and houses relate to? I certainly can. And in fact, since I'm showing you the chart study journal right now, I am going to refer to it in this PDF because it is in here. So the planets are parts of self. So in the PDF that you're getting with this workshop, with this masterclass, um, you can see these delineations of the parts of self that they represent. Very briefly, you know, this, this is what they are. I'm not sure if I should go through and list them. Um, but this is, this is the part of you that they represent. Your sun is your reason for incarnating. Your moon is your emotional regulation style. Your Mercury is your communication style and it's how you think and so on and so forth. So those are the parts of self. Then the signs are the traits and qualities. They're the ways that those parts of self express. So if, for example, you had your Mercury, your thinking and communication style in Aries, then you might communicate in a really energetic, enthusiastic, direct, impulsive, assertive way, right? So that characterizes the part of self and the way that it's expressing. Um, and then finally, the houses are the parts of life. And this is in your own chart. It's where that part of self is oriented and centered. So issues of communication, if your Mercury is in your first house, might really revolve around self, identity, and body, and so on. We use the houses a lot in um, in predictive work, right? We're looking at where a planet is in your chart to see what's going to happen in that part of your life. Um, but also, it can tell you a bit about how that planet expresses in your energetic signature overall. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Oh, um, my Mercury is also in my eighth house. Okay. So I'm going to return to the top of the PDF here. And we can demo this out. Okay. So in using this practice, the first thing that you're going to do is look at the description in your app and write in the PDF or in your journal, depending on how you're doing this, the planet sign and house of the placement. So in time passages, I just realized that I didn't save a screenshot um, to show you guys. So this is gonna be, we're just gonna have to talk it through. But in time passages, you um, click on your chart and it'll initially show you like a circle, the circle chart. 
And then you can go to, just gonna pull this up so I can remember. Right, it shows you the circle chart and then you click your name's chart and then click planets. Um, I'll maybe post a little video about how to get through time passages to get to the descriptions in case that that's, in case that's confusing for anybody. Um, but it basically shows you something like this in the final assessment. It's a list of all of your placements and then you can click on it and it gives you a description and that description is going to tell you the planet, the sign and the house after you've set yourself up in the app. Yes, planets and aspects. We're not working with the aspects part of it today, uh, just the planets, but I am planning to work with aspects a little bit later. Okay, so as you go through this, you wanna write the planet, the sign, and the house from the description in the app. And then you're going to go to this appendix in the back of the PDF and you can choose the description to put into that part. So you can kind of treat it like Mad Libs. So if you were going to be doing Sun in Aries in the 10th house, you could come down here and part itself, you can say, all right, my son is my will and reason for incarnating. You could just choose whatever uh, description feels the, the most right to you, or you could write it all out. And same thing for 10th house, you'd come down here and say, all right, that's going to have something to do with my career in public image, my reputation, what I'm known for. The point of this part of the exercise is really just to help you understand the symbols that you are looking at when you're reading the interpretation of the app about this placement. And it's kind of to help it sink in over time. Uh, you may get like some good insight just from writing down these pieces. Um, or more likely, it's going to feel like, okay, I've now delineated that out. I see, I see that that's that, and now I'm going to move on to the interpretation. Because if it was, if it was just as easy as writing down the pieces, then that's what people would do. Um, the interpretations are, in fact, useful for illuminating uh, what this actually means in our lives. Okay, based on birth time or current placement. Hmm, I'm not sure I understand, Crystal. Based on birth time or current placement. Yeah, I don't think I'm understanding that question, if you could clarify. It might have been time specific to something I said and I missed the trigger. Okay, so 
The next part of the exercise is to go ahead and read the description and write out what parts feel most resonant to you, what feels very you. Again, the concept here is that this is one astrologer's interpretation of what this means in your life. And the likelihood is that some part of that interpretation is going to really resonate and be meaningful. And maybe the whole thing will too. But what we're trying to do here is tap into what's really working for you in this description and how can you see it relating to those different pieces you've just delineated. Okay, Crystal, is the journaling working with where everything was when I was born or where the planets currently are? The journaling is working with where everything was when you were born. That is your birth chart by itself. Um, where things currently are, uh, we tend to call that transits, <laughs> transiting planets, and that uh, interacts with your chart and creates like you at this moment in time. And it's much easier to work with an astrologer to understand that because it gets very complex. It's all of the complexity of your birth chart interacting with all of the complexity of what's unfolding currently. Um, and it creates a very rich picture, uh, but that is pretty hard to do in self-study. Whereas looking at your birth chart by itself is a little easier to get into by itself. Okay. So no problem, Crystal. Thank you. Okay. So in the second part, we're looking at what are the most resonant parts of the description? What feels very you? What are you really feeling about this description? I'm moving on here, <laughs> and I realize that if you're following along right now, I might be moving a little bit fast, um, but please feel free to come back to the replay and pause it if you need to as you're going through this. The third question is, what do you appreciate most about this part of being who you are? So here you can look at the description and just think about what is really great about being this person, having this trait, living in this way. Does anybody have any questions so far about how we're going through this? Okay. The next question is, in what ways do you suffer with this part of being who you are and why? And this question kind of drops us into the places where we might feel really critical of this trait or quality or where we might just be really having a hard time with it. Um, in my own life, really profound Scorpio energy and Plutonic energy um, is something that I have suffered with <laughs> and that also, you know, frequently is not described in the most flattering terms uh, by astrology apps and all that kind of stuff. So um, frequent descriptions of highly scorpionic plutonic people include like 
being kind of controlling, vengeful, uh, dark, <laughs> all of those kinds of things. And that indeed is uh, something that I've experienced in my life, certainly a way that I have experienced those placements. Um, and even like, yeah, like the vengeful thing, like wanting to get back at people. This question would drop me into why does that cause me to suffer? Like what about feeling like I aggressively want to protect myself when I feel attacked causes suffering? And then the next question is dropping you into how could you ease suffering around these traits and celebrate this part of you more? <laughs> um, April says, hey, Scorpio here. And oh, yeah, I've heard that a lot. It destroys your heart a little. It does. <laughs> it does. And like, the truth is, I think probably a lot of why I've developed this practice in general, is that I have so much Scorpio in my chart, and that it gets so hard to think about being a happy person with like the descriptions of Scorpio that come at you. Um, and yet I do have the capacity to be a very happy person, right? Um, and so thinking about easing suffering around those Scorpio traits and celebrating that part of me more. Oh, that's great. We have so many Scorpio people in here. That's wonderful. I must have like put out the feelers for you guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, thinking about like easing suffering around those traits, right? So I recognize like legitimate tendency to get stuck in the dark in my life. Like I love to process, love to chew on things, love to get into like the underneath of what's going on. There's so many things about that that I really enjoy. And also, um, it can cause suffering to like be in the dark that much. Like I, I did when I was younger, not have enough balance and like, wasn't like kind of cycling through into more like building and creating and, and being in like happy, joyful things. And so as I considered how to ease suffering around that trait, it was just about bringing balance to it. Right. Appreciating that I have that ability to go deep and go under, but also recognizing that I need to kind of cycle out of it into like more, more lighthearted stuff sometimes if I'm going to maintain balance in my life around the vengefulness thing. It's like, there's such a need for like being somebody who is clearly attached to accountability and will bring accountability to situations, right? There's a very positive way for that to express. It doesn't have to be this destructive, um, you know, expression of violence. <laughs> it can be, it can, it can go better. So that's what these questions are designed to help you consider is like, where is there suffering attached to this? How could it be more joyful and less painful? Yeah. Crystal says, I have a lot in Capricorn, which has a similar controlling bad rap. Absolutely. Totally. It's, for those of us with some of these, I mean, everybody has challenging placements. Everybody has challenging placements. Um, and the value of this practice, the reason I developed this practice is really uh, to help us get away from like feeling stuck in the negative assessments of those planets and seeing the really gorgeous ways that they can actually 
express. I'll, I have a ton of Taurus and that sign gets constantly paint, painted as gluttonous, lazy, slow, stubborn, boring, and lacking imagination. That's, that's true. It is also so what Taurus is great. Taurus is pleasure, just like pleasure queen. It's such a wonderful sign. I love Taurus. I also have a Taurus rising. <laughs> um, okay. So that is our basic chart journaling practice. Um, you might notice that in the astrology symbols guide, I have given you seven planets to start with. I did not go into Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto because I use those planets as events. I don't use them as parts of self. So I didn't want to confuse things by including them in this document. Um, but with seven planets to start with, um, if you did this practice every day for a week, then you would be done in a week. Um, if you did it once a week, then you would be done in seven weeks, right? And so when you get to that point where you've, if you are into this practice and you run through all seven placements in one app, you have a few options. One of them is to come back to the practice, repeat it again with another set of descriptions and see what new stuff is coming through from the other app or the other website or whatever it is that you're using to look at the descriptions this time. Um, this is actually a great way to start seeing what resonates with you the most about the placements in your chart. Um, I don't think it will get repetitive. I really feel like you'll go deeper as you repeat. I can see the motivation potentially being challenging to like keep working with it. But honestly, um, the continued engagement with your chart is just so helpful in starting to develop the neural pathways to, to be able to put together these meanings that that is one option and it's a, it's a valid option for moving forward. Another option would be to uh, keep following me because I'm going to be offering more on this subject moving forward. I'm going to have different workshops with questions specifically tailored to the placements, so moon, sun, uh, Mars, etc. We're also going to talk about aspects. So if you want to keep up with me on that, um, make sure you are on my newsletter list. And if you came here from Wealth, you can also follow me on Wealth because then you will get updated on those offerings as well. And then the third option, if you're loving this practice and you run through your planets, is to book a story session with me. If you're ready to go really deep, that's a one-on-one -on -one experience of placing you in a narrative uh, that's unfolding astrologically for you, and it will really illuminate the things that you've discovered through this practice. All right, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you're taking away something really helpful. And if you found this valuable, I would love for you to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. 
You can also leave us a five-star review to just help us get the word out about the weird and wonderful ways you can love yourself better and live a more fulfilling life with astrology. See you next week.